Your Air Candy with K&K. The music never sleeps. Get ready for your sugar high with coffee and candy, candy, candy. Another week, another episode. This is Air Candy. Cisco Kennedy, JC, we're both in the studio. Another great episode we have in store for you today. The music is never sleeps. And we're going to call this episode More Than Just a DJ. More Than Just a DJ. Ain't that right, JC? Perfect title for today's topic of conversation, my friend. As you have experienced, being just a DJ is not enough to evolve in this music world, is it? Contextually, we're talking about electronic dance music. Yes. And as long as we keep it focused in that way, I think the answer to your question is correct. Traditionally, DJs, disc jockeys, have always been individuals that have played others' music, whether it be on the radio, Uh, whether it be at dances, clubs, weddings, events, etc. And in many respects, many DJs today still fill that traditional role of playing the oldies, playing the greatest, playing the new stuff, playing others' music. But in the world of electronic dance music, where many of the sounds are created uh, with digital systems, It has given DJs an opportunity to evolve into producers, thereby creating their own original material. So instead of just playing a track, example, a Michael Jackson song, where Michael is the artist and Michael is the star responsible for that song, of course, with everyone in the background that makes it happen, now the DJ evolves into a producer, namely Tiesto, David Guetta, Zed, and the list goes on and on. These individuals are now creating their own original songs, original sounds, and they are, in fact, becoming the artists. Yeah. And then now they can play a different version of that known song, right? Going back to like the Michael Jackson song, let's take uh, Thriller, for example. Okay. Everyone knows the melody. Everyone knows the bass line. They even know the words. But when this particular DJ plays it, it has a different groove to it. Maybe he um, I'm like he rearranged it, Like the lyrics are not in the order that they are in the original. And that's what makes it like unique and different for not only him, but the audience that is experiencing at that moment. If you want to just fulfill the role of a traditional DJ, I mean, that's fine. There's many opportunities to do that. But if the goal is to jump into the deep ocean of the electronic dance world and try to make a dent, maybe move forward a little bit or maybe make a career at this, you have to learn the systems that exist that allow individuals to begin to create and develop their own sounds, whether it be original using MIDI files, etc., or whether they be actually using instruments and recording the sounds and putting them together to create songs, or whether it be to create original remixes of old songs or existing vocals. You've got to be able to overcome that learning curve and really evolve into becoming a producer if you want to make a difference in a big splash uh, in the community. Yeah, I agree 100%. One of the first things that comes to my mind is the music we play is becoming more accessible to the average person to find. 10, 15 years ago, 
it wasn't this accessible to get. You actually had to really know certain sites that they were uploaded to, pay some subscription fees, perhaps record pools, things like that. But now, thanks to apps like Instagram and TikTok, people can upload little samples of their mixes and people saying, wow, that version is amazing. How can I get my hands on that? And then there's a link where you can go to like directly. Anyone can. You don't have to be you don't even have to be a DJ to access this material anymore. Before you actually had to be a DJ. And if you wanted um, like the promo only or the X mix or like the monthly or like series that would go out to radio, you actually had to prove that you were a business working disc jockey in either a radio station or a company or some sort of an entity the average person couldn't get their hands on an extended mix 20 years ago i totally hear where you're coming from and i'm just trying to think of some analogies to sort of make my point and hammer at home i think that technology today is leveling the playing field for competition and let me see if i can try to articulate this um think of it this way um as a lawyer, my competition has access to the same libraries that I have, and they have access to the same electronic search engines, things like Westlaw and LexisNexis, and there are many more. And some of my competition, some are better oral advocates and better writers than others, and that allows sort of the, the better advocate to shine or outwork the other. But in terms of access to information, the playing field is leveled. And I think the same has happened with music. Perhaps 20 years ago, you had a connection with the record label and you got the release of the new track that hasn't been related, released to radios yet or some new hot remix that hasn't been released yet. And you know, through your connection, you're playing those songs at the local parties and the local clubs and everyone's thinking, oh shit, Cisco's got the hottest stuff. Where's he getting this? We can't find it anywhere. That's exactly how it used to happen. But now... Everybody has access to the same stuff, whether it be original releases, remixes, flips, mashups, whatever. The record pools, some of which are paid for, some of which are free, yep. are given everybody equal access, kind of like the library, right? Yeah. For the lawyers. Now, some DJs are better mixing, better at mixing than others or better at mashing up than others or better at scratching than others. But I don't think that those skills so much matter to the audience in 2023 like they mattered like in 1980 or 1985, 1995 even. I just don't think those skills are so important to the audience, at least not in our genre of electronic dance music. But if the DJ who is among leveled competition mm -hmm. in terms of access to tracks, music mixes, whatever, evolves into a producer and is now putting out an original remix or a completely original song, which is an unnamed ID. Yep. Game changer. Now that DJ gets to be able to pull out ahead of the pack in the rat race and gain some attention. Perhaps like we did with the Frida Redding's Weekends remix when we put that out on the pools and Tiesto and his team caught it and they must have been impressed with it enough to play it on the weekly Club Life podcast. It's doing yeah. those things and assuming Coffee and Candy can continue to put out products of equal interest and equal significance to larger artists 
who are light years away from us in terms of, you know, levels of success and exposure and notoriety, that can give Coffee and Candy and other smaller independent players like us a chance to rise with the tide, if you will. But if we were just strictly DJs, we're a needle in a haystack. We're the local town gig. We play on a Friday, Saturday night here and there. And nationally, globally, we remain forever unknown. Absolutely right. That was a great analogy. I think you set that up perfect. Which is why, hey, it's Wednesday. We're in the studio. We're doing our weekly podcast. But I'm really here to go to school, right? You're the teacher. (laughs) I'm learning the digital audio workstation, Logic. It's super complicated. It's a huge learning curve, particularly for a guy like me who's got a law and business degrees, never played an instrument, can't read music, Mm -hmm. haven't undergone any formal music, music education yet, but... With you, as my instructor, as my teacher, I've learned so much in the last, I don't know, 18 or 20 months. But as much as I've learned, substantively, I've also learned how much I don't know. And that scares the fuck out of me. Yeah, but there are a lot of great things out there to learn. You should be excited for what's to come. Did you ever see the movie The Matrix with Keanu Reeves? Every time someone asks me, have you ever seen a movie? Ah, here we go. 99% of the chances, no, I haven't. No, I've seen The Matrix. Have I watched it in its entirety from start to finish? No. All right. So the whole concept of The Matrix is it's like this digital world. And there are a few humans sort of left in the society. And that this digital world has imposed itself and imprisoned humanity. And in order to move within the matrix, you've got to get connected. So the real humans that are still alive and then are not enslaved and imprisoned in the matrix itself, they have like a little port in the back of their head where they get plugged in and they jump into the digital world yeah. where they have all sorts of special powers. So there's a scene where Keanu Reeves is running away from the bad guys and he makes his way to the top of a skyscraper and there's nowhere to go, but there happened to be a helicopter parked up there. And, you know, he just has like this, oh, shit moment. How am I going to fly a helicopter? And the folks back at the sort of the the main headquarters where he's plugged in uploads a program into his brain as to how to fly a helicopter. And within 10 seconds, he starts that bad boy up and flies it away. That's how I was really hoping I was going to learn Logic and Ableton and all (laughs) the other stuff. But it hasn't worked out that way. No, it's a blank screen. (laughs) It's like that with all the DAWs. Pro Tools, Ableton, Fruity Loops. It's a blank screen. You start off with an edit window and a mix window, and then you can just bring in either audio tracks or you can open up a instrument track and start playing with different sounds that are all virtual sounds, virtual instruments of guitars and bass and like trumpets and synths and drums. And it's up to your imagination and uh, like creativity to make whatever you want and there's templates for certain genres if you want to hone in to to doing dance music then there's certain sounds that are in that style if you want to do rock music you'll get different sounds that are in that style there's some starting points but yeah it's uh it's definitely all in a manual mode there's no automatic there well i mean listen you have to know what the different sounds are and what you got to start off with the basics. Like we had a little conversation last week about, you know, the definition of drums. And yeah. and you defined for me that drums consist of kicks, snares, hi-hats, cymbals, toms, 
that's kind of the main piece yeah so right there you have drums but there's five components and there are many other aspects or elements of songs that have sub components to them so you got to learn that then you got to know all about the different keys in the chords and how they all fit together yeah. then we have to get into involved with the melody and come up in, coming up with what melodies might be it, it's a lot you know then it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot but the people that evolve into being producers whether through formal education which i hope to obtain one day or on the job training which i'm getting from you um, evolving into a producer means in my view that you have a potential future in the electronic dance music industry if you're not willing to take on that challenge then you have to understand that you're limiting your ability to grow and progress forward in this industry and you're you're only going to be just a DJ even James Hype right who who now is coming out with some original songs mm-hmm. was still using his production skills to make his own edits uh to make the small files that he uses to um stutter the vocal yeah. uh even James Hype is make has evolved from uh, a DJ who absolutely crushes the CDJ decks uh, to now putting out a lot of his own uh, individual and unique tracks. And this yeah. is a great example. And now live, when he is DJing, he's adding a sequence on the drum machine to his set. So like he took away that fourth deck or the first deck because he keeps on the far left. And he has that first and then the CDJ, the mixer, and two more CDJs. So he's doing a lot more performance pads uh, in his live performance. And that, I think, is a pretty good indicator that he has strong production skills because the average DJ who's rolling through the record crate or through the song file and picking out tracks and matching keys and BPMs in order to blend and transition from song to song isn't likely to have the skill set necessary to perform a beat sequence live on stage and inject that into an existing mix of perhaps one, two, three, or four separate tracks. So that's a strong indicator that he has very good production skills. I I was actually going over something like similar with someone the other day asking me to take a bunch of songs and kind of mix them together. Now, like you know that if you have two songs loaded on the decks and one has a tempo of 124 and the other one has a tempo of 126 and you want to now beat match those two, all you simply do is like you go to one of them, the one that has like the 126 and say you just take your tempo fader and you go down to match it for 124. It's simple. It takes one second with like your hand. If you want to like beat match like two songs in uh, a digital like audio logic, workstation in yeah. logic for example there's a few more steps you gotta load the audio track you gotta analyze it find out the tempo then you have to go to the uh, time and tempo and now you have to change one of them match it up put it back on grid and then hopefully at that point you have it locked in there's some maybe some dead space in the beginning you gotta cut off there's so many more steps when you get to the studio production world than in the live DJ world 
Well, that, that just goes to show that it's a huge learning curve. And, you know, I don't want to drop names, but over the last year, I've encountered a lot of different DJs from different states, different walks of life, guys that are old, a lot older than me, folks that are younger than me. And, you know, 90% of them don't really know shit about production. They don't. Uh, they think they do, but they really don't. And that if listen, if it was that easy, a lot of people would be hitting the stars in this industry. And the bottom line is... Not a lot of people are, and that's because it's really hard. You got to be creative. You got to work your ass off day in and day out. You have to come up with unique sounds that are going to pass copyright uh, scrutiny, right? Yep. And you have to understand about production. You have to become sort of a mini sound engineer. It's very frustrating. Some days I want to, like, kill you because <laughs> of all the steps that you put me through. But listen, live DJing is fun, but it has incredible limitations, the sky's the limit in the software if you know what you're doing. When you use the software to create an edit, to create a mashup, to create a mix, if you get it right, the end product is fucking flawless. There's no room or margin of error. The live mixing comes with too many variables, which is why the, I like to say, the masterpiece collage mashups, mixes that we see being performed in a festival environment can never be done in a nightclub because the live equipment doesn't afford you uh, that opportunity. You might be able to give them a little piece here and there, here and there. Yeah. But that 90-minute perf perfection that I'm looking for, yeah, no way. That's, that's, it's way too risky when you have hundreds of thousands of people in front of you and you know you have all these paid sponsors that are in the millions of dollars and uh yeah you need to guarantee perfection somebody once criticized uh, dead mouse some years back and criticizing the fact that a lot of the mixing was you know as some people like to say pre-recorded but really pre-made and then played in a live setting and someone was criticizing him for that it came up in an interview i read it in a magazine I, I it might have been like the rolling stone or something but his response was i shine in the studio where a producer ought to shine i'm not trying to shine as a live dj because what i'm doing cannot be done live and a lot of people don't even know what that statement means mm -hmm. and they can't possibly know what it means until they roll up their sleeves, take off their shoes and socks and jump feet first into the ocean of digital music production. Yeah. And by the way, where I'm currently drowning and could use a life preserver. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to the shallow end. <laughs> but what is your favorite part about learning the production side so far because last week we actually made a whole remix uh like you and i together you were you were actually taking the lead on it and i was just kind of on the mouse pad kind of putting everything together but you actually like produced that whole remix even though you might have not played everything uh, but you were saying, hey, I want this piece. I like that sound. Okay, have that go. Loop that eight bars with those drums. Keep those drums going. Yep, keep them going. Keep them going. And now those vocals, I need this vocal to copy again. We need it longer. So, like, you're getting into it. I'm getting into it, and I'm enjoying it because I'm starting to learn. Well, first of all, I came to the realization that production is where the rubber meets the road. 
I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone out there who's making a living DJing, but frankly, any fucking monkey can be a DJ. That's my opinion, and I think it's it's frankly true. The the technology today has made it so fucking easy. Yeah. Back in the day when I was a, a student or a follower or a um, a protege of DJ Davey D, I couldn't beat match. I just couldn't do it. And David did it so flawlessly with the t- with the vinyl and the Technique 1200s. He had the ear, just like Kevin and Lapine or DJ Dupe has the ear. Oshin has the ear. I got two ears, but I can't <laughs> hear the music to beat match. Maybe someday I'll get there. The technology makes this available for dummies. It tells you the key. It tells you the BPM. You adjust the tempos. You don't need to know where to drop it in. The wave file pretty much tells you press button here. It's super duper easy. Okay. It is super duper hard. It's almost like two ends of the spectrum. It's really easy to be a DJ. It's really hard to be a producer. There's nowhere in the middle. So once I realized that, I started to apply myself with the software and sort of dive into it. I'm not looking to just be a local gigs DJ to play some tracks here and there on the weekend and get my jollies off. I really want to make a contribution to this industry, even if it means I never make a penny doing it. I want to make a contribution. I want to be respected by my peers, and I'd like to evolve. Same thing with the law practice. Look, I could just say, hey, I'm going to do DUIs for my whole career. A lot of my buddies do that. Three to five cases a week, a few grand a pop. The files, five, six, ten pages each. They open and close in a month. It's brainless work. But no, I chase the bigger cases, the white collar stuff, the murders, the sex assault, the federal drug cases, because they're challenging. I want to use my brain. I want to think. I want to be better than my peers. Same here with the music world. I'm diving into the software because I now realize that's where the rubber meets the road. That's how people evolve in this industry, and that's how they make significant contributions. So I had a great time last week working together in Synergy, Coffee and Candy, on the JM On and On remix. And I hope that when he gets it, he likes it. I hope when the folks at um, BPM on Sirius Satellite get it, they like it, and it makes it into the rotation. Yeah. But I got a question for you now. Ask ask away. You always say on the ideas, man, I come up with the great ideas. And if that's true, where what what room is there gonna be left for you once I figure out how to run the software? I can't be replaced. <laughs> that's true. You can't I can be replaced. And I, I say that with confidence. <laughs> I challenge anyone out there to do what I do in the course of twenty four hours. I am. I am very good at what I do. You damn sure are, man. Very good at what I do. You really are. <laughs> Thank you. You Thank really, you. really are. Thank you. And I love what I do. That's I, that's why I'm so good at what I do because I genuinely love and I have a passion for what I do. It it doesn't seem like work when I'm doing it. It's joy. I understand. Yeah, I understand. It, it, look, this with the software, the possibilities are really endless for anyone out there. By the way, this isn't. A JC and Cisco thing. This is a or a coffee and candy thing. This is a electronic dance music industry thing. And for those folks that learn the software, have creativity, work hard, put out respectable product. You know, there's there's a lot of room. Yeah. If you look at this industry, there's only a few people at the top, yeah. a whole lot of people at the bottom, and a whole lot of room in the middle. Which means those folks in the bottom have a lot of opportunity to come up. Yeah. And when you are a producer that has a hit record out there, you become very in demand. And now everybody on the inside wants their next record produced by you. Um, When I used to try to pitch 
songs to labels about a decade ago, I used to have you know, 10 to 20 beats ready to go at all time for anybody because that's kind of what it took is they don't really want to hit one or two. They want to see that you can do this more than once. You're not just a one trick pony. Yeah. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, And I never really got to where I wanted to in that particular world trying to pitch records, but I learned a lot from it. And like the training process that a couple of people back then put me through that like training process is what made me the machine that I am today of how I make beats because there's many different ways to make beats and people go at about it in like different ways like different like software but I have a formula that works for me and how I get my desired results in a very short time versus some people that could take weeks or perhaps months to finish one particular mix or song yeah i mean listen you you do have this way about you where you sort of open up the uh a new file and you whip out the sounds and the midis and typically within a very short period of time you have a very nice outline or sketch as to what you're going to want to do and you'll run it by me and quickly i give it a yay or nay and if it's a yay you know, then we did we we go deeper and deeper and deeper, and typically, you know, not too long thereafter, and we we do have a finished product. And and I can't think, I can't count the finished products on one hand that I thought to myself, ah, we should have done better, we could have done better. All the finished products, for the most part, 96 percent of them that we've put out, you know, I I think that you know they're very strong, very solid. It's just a matter of marketing them right it's like hey you made all this great music yeah now we need to figure out a way to like bring it to the ears of the world so everybody else can hear coffee and candy and perhaps enjoy what we enjoy and and share that experience and that's how you grow sort of the music brand Mm -hmm. that's the hard part actually that's another challenge it's not only hey you got to run the software you got to put out a great product because you might have the best song objectively the best track in all of history. But if you can't get it out there to the masses, you know, no one's ever going to enjoy it but you. True. It was actually Davey D that once told me, put the music out as often as possible. Don't sit on it for a year. And, you know, like there was once a few records I sent him and he's like, how come these aren't out? I said, I don't know. They're not ready yet. I'm waiting on a few more so I can kind of put out like a whole album, maybe like 10 at a time. And he's like, who the fuck does that anymore? This song's great. It needs to be heard. Get it out there. If it sits in your hard drive for months and months and months, no one's going to hear it. And then, like, to you, you're just going to kind of be done with it because now, like, you've been hearing it for so long that you're tired of it. But the world hasn't heard it yet. Sure. Finish the song and just put it out. Just put it out. And that's what I've been trying to do with the coffee candy stuff is obviously there has to be, you know, some guidance of, uh, you know, like a standard. I'm not just going to put out anything. But... We've been trying to put up something, if not once a week, at least once every other week, just to, just to stay consistent. Sure. Whether it is an original or it is a remix or it is just a quick little mashup, um, it's just being consistent. I agree, because at the end of the day, the folks that are on the record pools that are downloading tracks are typically visiting the site weekly, every other week. Some crazies are there every day. Uh, some are there <laughs> monthly. That's but the bottom line is... 
as they scroll through, they're going to recognize things like, oh, that's a Geta track, that's Tiesto, that's a Rihanna track, that's a Dua Lipa track. But then they'll start to see the the remixers, people that are putting up consistent remixes time and time and time again. And just like we follow some of those folks, we're not going to plug them here today, but we follow certain remixers. And when we see their name on something, we immediately click on it, say, hey, what do they put out today? Yeah. And I'm sure there are people out there that have already started to do that with coffee and candy. Like, I would hope so. That would be a great feeling. I I have some people that will email or you know, send me a message from time to time. I love your mixes. I have every single one you put out every week. I always look forward to what the coffee and candy mix of the week is going to be. And that gives me a lot of motivation to say we're on the right track. People are digging our stuff. They're playing it in their sets. And uh, that's half the battle right there. It is. And that's a free and easy way to put the music out there. Yeah. I think I think what the next step for coffee and candy is... We have to come up with a, a financed or a paid, you know, um, digital marketing slash so- social media marketing campaign so that we can put the tracks out there on these platforms and start to target other audiences or populations of folks that are not in Rhode Island, not Connecticut, not Mass, but maybe, you know, on the West Coast, maybe folks down south in the Miami community, Uh Vegas, LA, Chicago, bigger markets where we know that there are uh, lots of electronic music crowds. And then if that begins to develop traction and the marketing is going well, we can augment it and start to target locations in other countries. Yeah. Because if, if, the, if we build up the following with the music, that means the following are fans of the music. Now we've created demand for coffee and candy that would justify us getting gigs which will generate revenue for us in other states other countries in events things like festivals and and there are hundreds hundreds of festivals that go on around the country and around the world on an annual basis it's not just the ultras and the edcs there are many 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 more smaller mid-level and large level uh, or large-scale festivals that go on and by developing the fan base that generating a demand that's what's going to get us the invitations to play at these places. I agree 100%. And with that being said, Coffee and Candy is hungry. We have a desire. We are caffeinated and we are energetic to get out there. We are on the road and we are not getting off this road. So with that said, why don't we give get into the mix? Let's do it. Bobby 
I'm feeling glad I got sunshine In a bag, I'm useless But not for long, the future Is coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on It's coming on, it's coming on
Tuned in with Coffee and Dane with Coffee and Dane with Coffee. 